Hey everyone, I'm Nick Bogaz, self-made small business success story. I went from working five jobs and more than 90 hours a week to building a multi-million dollar internationally known pizza enterprise. I never stop, I won't fail, there's power in the pen and today there's power in this mic. Welcome to the business equation. Together today we'll find a solution for how to harness the power of negotiation. And it's one of those things that I think can get hidden in the business world and it needs to be one of your tools in your kit that needs to be sharpened. And to give you an idea of what I'm talking about and who I'm talking about to negotiate with, it can be anything. It can be from your employees to the vendors that come in to anybody from the people working for you as far as doing construction on a project. Basically, life's full of negotiations. And owning a business and running a business is no different. You know, one of my favorite negotiating tactics is when you have somebody that's there trying to sell you something that you really don't feel like you absolutely need, but you know it would be a benefit to your business, so you really would like it, but like I said, it's not a need. So one of the best negotiating tactics there is is one of my favorites, and I use it in a lot of advertising situations. You know, I, I think you can find yourself day-to-day being sold just about everything. You know, everybody's trying to sell you something. I know myself when I'm in the restaurant, I have a lot of people coming in trying to sell me the the newest digital marketing or the old school direct mail marketing or whatever it may be. And the way to go about it is to always try to plan and see if it fits your budget, first of all, and if it's something that you think that you need to add. But once you discover that, yeah, sure, I could use this, you know, like when a guy comes in and he's trying to sell me maybe a, a weekly ad in a newspaper that goes out and hits 10,000 homes in my area. And I'm thinking it's something I haven't done before, but sure, I'd like to try this. But, you know, I want to try it at a good price. So the tactic I may use is the deadline tactic. You know, hey, when's your when's your deadline? Well, my deadline is two days from now. Well, what's the price? Well, the price is $200 for the ad. And, you know, once I determine the deadline and I determine the price, then I could start to think about, okay, well, what would it be worth it for me to give this a try? You know, just to dip my toe in a little bit and see if I'm going to like this advertising. So I may throw them something like, well, I'll tell you what, if you don't fill your deadline by two o'clock, two days from now, I'll give you $75 for the ad. And of course, you're met with resistance and there's no way that I would do that ad. I couldn't do it, possibly do it for $75. And you say, well, that's fine. You know, if you fill it, you fill it. And if you don't, give me a call. And I would say, honestly, um, eight out of 10 times I get that phone call back. And when I get that phone call back, you know, they'll, they'll either do one of two things. They'll be very desperate and it's, you know, the deadline's two o'clock. So if they're calling at 10 o'clock in the morning, you still got four hours to negotiate. If they're calling you at 1.30, half hour before the deadline, you know, you have them where you want them. And that's kind of where, where I can pick and choose what kind of offer I'm going to give them. They're calling me early and I feel like, yeah, I'll do it for what I said originally, the $75, then I will. And if it's closer to their deadline, then I'll think and say, you know what? The $75 was the other day. It's really not worth it to me now. I'm at $50. And then you usually get the, well, I've got to call my boss and I'll call you back. And, you know, I've saved double, triple the amount of what it would cost to do an ad and then go ahead and place the ad for, for that amount. And I've bought $200 ads for $50. I've bought $500 ads for $200. I've bought $2,000 ads for $500. And a lot of it is just using this tactic. Now, sure, I've walked away from things where 
I wanted to have the ad, but I really, for whatever reason, whether I didn't want to spend the money or I couldn't justify that it'd really be worth it, you know, I have lost out to where they filled the ad. But then I've got some guys that they know that that's the way that I play, and they call me right at the deadline. They'll say, hey, we got a great deal for you today. My deadline's just about ready to fill up. You know this ad usually sells for 1500 bucks, and we'll give it to you for 500 bucks. And I've um, gotten a lot of those deals. That they, once they know that that's the way you buy, then they bring you the good deals. Now, am I in there every single month? Not not exactly, but this isn't the way I negotiate every single time on advertising that I absolutely want and have. This is how I add extra advertising. And I think it's important to be clear on that as well. Because a lot of times what will happen is you've got your tried and true things that you love to advertise with, but then somebody's always trying to sell you something extra so it makes sense to go ahead and move forward that way and get your last minute deal. Another one of my favorite ways is once you have somebody that you trust and you know that they deliver what they promise, whether it's an electrician that does a great job on a project and you've used this electrician for a long time, or maybe he's a handyman and he always does great work for you and, and you know that what the quality of work that you get and that he shows up on time and everything else. I love paying in full at the beginning of the job. You know, a lot of times when somebody will say, you know, you always hear people talk about, well, we're going to pay cash and can I get a cash dis discount? And the reality of that is, is when you're paying your taxes and the accountant's going ahead and doing his job, you're you're really not saving anything. You're, you're better by turning everything in and, and playing by the rules. But the tactic that I like to use is to pay in full. If somebody's saying, well, this job's going to be $2,500 to put all the lights and into this building and all the plugs and, and it's a detailed list of exactly all the uh, electrical circuits and everything that's going to be into the job and they show me a price of $3,200 I'll come back and say well what if I wrote you a $2,500 check right now do we have a deal and you'd be surprised how many times that that works a lot of times what happens is these guys expect a little bit of negotiating so you know when you throw on the, the curve that you're going to pay them right then and there it's it's a little different too because they don't have to chase you down. They don't have to wait a week or two weeks or, or give you a 30-day net and wait for you to pay. As far as cash flow goes, you have to position yourself that you can be in a position to, to do that maneuver. But at the same time, when you're making a savings like that, it's well worth doing some sort of negotiating and trying to get the price down. So that's another tactic that I've used and it works really well. I think um, another tactic that I like to use is with employees. You know, I think there's always the negotiating of you write the schedule, you have a staff that shows up on time, but, you know, things always happen and they show up every day for their shifts. But there are times when employees just can't show up for their shifts, whether, you know, something happens personally that they can't make it and they give enough notice. But it's always trying to get that guy to come in and fill that shift is always, always a problem. And I think that's where, you know, negotiating with your staff comes in and being able to talk to them and say, hey, so-and-so called off for, for this Friday shift and it's a it's a dinner shift and you know that the guy really likes to, to work these mornings on Saturdays, you know, and he loves the, the money shift on morning on Saturdays and that's why he doesn't work Fridays because he wants to, he wants to make sure he's rested for Saturday morning. So you know that, you know, he's not going to want to close. So you have to make one negotiating deal with somebody to close and then you may be making the other deal with somebody to go ahead and, and work the shift for Friday night. And you're talking to the guy from Saturday and you're saying, hey, you know, I know you don't want to open. You're going to be tired to open Saturday morning. Can you work just a dinner shift? And 
maybe you also know he likes to watch college football on, on Saturdays. So you go ahead and work to get him out early on Saturdays. And it's knowing your employees, knowing what, what they like to do, and then talking to them and being able to position yourself to where you can give them something for them giving you you something. And that's what the negotiating comes down to. And then when you get into you know the bigger things in business, when you're talking about leases and talking about actual prices and bigger deals, you know I think a lot of times what you have to ask yourself is what are you willing to lose? It goes back to the first tactic that I was talking about in today and you know, you really have to be honest with yourself of when you're in a in a negotiating stance, what do you want to lose? Are you prepared to walk away from this deal? And that's a lot of times what you'll see is because there's a lot of a lot of true methods and I think starting low and going up slow is definitely a good strategy. I also think that when you do that, you have to kind of feel the other person out. It becomes harder when you're negotiating leases and you're going through lawyers, or if you're negotiating the price of a business and you're going through real estate brokers, it's a lot easier when you get a better feel when you're going person to person. So I always try to to somehow bypass the, the brokers, bypass the, the lawyers. If you can, it's it's uh, legal that you can. You know, I think it's good to try and if you see it first, the broker shows you a piece of property, you can get the next time that you get to see it. You may want to say, hey, do you think I uh, have some questions for the owner? Can he meet me at the at the property? And then while you're there walking through the property, you can swap numbers, you know, phone numbers. And I think once you do that, then you can kind of come to him with a deal and then you can kind of feel out where you are. And I think that's that's a part of negotiating that gets lost is, you know, you're not negotiating with the right person. I think that's what becomes very important, too, is that you're talking to the right person that can actually make the decision and not talking to a broker or, like I said, a lawyer or a real estate agent who has other skin in the game and won't be willing to take some some money off. You know, if you can get the, the actual decision maker to make the decision before he goes to the broker and says, this is the deal I'm going to make, then you're ahead of the game. And I think, you know, like I said, deciding what you can walk away with is a good way to make that first offer. You know, the first offer is always, a lot of people say the most important offer is the first offer. I always think the second offer is the most important offer because with the first one, you know, you're just testing the waters and they're always going to come back and give you the second offer. But, you know, you can really tell what that's with your second offer of where, where they're at. So if, you know, you're negotiating business and you may say it's, you start at 300,000 and they asked 400,000 and they come back closer to, you know, 380 or 390, they may have been offended by your 300, but at least you know that you're going to have to go close to the 400. But if, you know, you start at 300 and they want at 400 and they come down to 360, well, you know, you just dropped them 40 grand. You know, you probably can even go lower than that second one becomes the most important one because, you know, the last thing you want to do is, you know, they went down 40. You don't want to go up 40 and go to 340. You're going to be landing on 350. So you want to go up low and slow. And, you know, if they dropped already down, down 40,000, maybe you go up 10 or 20,000, you know, half of what they went up. And I think that's the way you have to do it. You have to negotiate low and slow, and you have to be very particular, knowing that if you had to walk away from this deal, you can. And that's that's part of it, too, is not putting that emotion in there. I think a lot of times when negotiating goes wrong is when people have emotions attached, and you have to detach yourself from the situation, and you have to go ahead and figure out which direction do I want to move, and if I don't, if I cannot complete this deal... Will it sink me? 
So those are some negotiating tactics that I use on a regular basis. Like I said, you're always negotiating with your staff or you're always negotiating with the handyman or your electricians or, you know, whoever it may be, somebody trying to sell you something all the time. You know, I think the thing that gets lost this day and age too, I absolutely hate when salesmen come at me with stuff on text and try to go ahead and almost take the humane part out of it. And I think when they start saying, hey, we take this deal, do you want that deal? And they just texting you stuff. You know, I, I think you almost have to remind them sometimes that it's just an email or it's just a text that you're trying to actually negotiate this big deal on a text, like call me or sit down with me or, hey, you're trying to negotiate this big deal on an email. Don't be afraid to send something back to kind of let them know your stance on it. Almost a hard line, like where they read it and they say, well, maybe I should have uh, actually sat down with this guy. Got an email recently from trying to negotiate a big beverage contract and they sent back a, you said if you dropped it 12%, they tried to give me the, you know, the, you said that we'd have a deal if we did this and, you know, we dropped it the 12% and do we have a, have a deal? And I said, I'm back, you know, I'm thinking, man, this is the way you're going to negotiate it over, over an email. Like you're not going to call me to say, you know, you got me the price that I want it. So I just figure, well, all right, let's uh, negotiate a little lower. So I sent him back and said, well, my beverage company that I currently have, I've had them for seven years, and I'm going to open it up to them and see what what they say about it. You know, give them a give them a second option. And honestly, if she, she would have picked up the phone and called me and said, hey, you said you'd be, at, if we got this price, we'd give you a deal, I probably would have went for it. But the simple fact that it was a email or a text makes it a lot easier to go ahead and send someone back something a little bit harder. Because like we said, you know, everybody can hide behind a keyboard. And I think sometimes you got to use that to your advantage. So, you know, there's there's different ways to negotiate. I think you you have to be firm with what you what you want to end up with. That's the biggest question when you're starting negotiating is you have to know what you want to end up with in the end. You know, what is your main objective? What is your main goal? What will make you in a better position than you are today? If you can negotiate it. And then I think that's where the fun gets goes in. You know, you have to have a goal in mind every time you sit down with someone to negotiate with. And then if you get there, I think it's smart to re-examine of how exact, exactly you got there. You know, and I think the last part that I'll kind of make a point on the negotiating is there is a time where, you know, you negotiate tough with somebody all the time. And there's a point, too, where, you know, it is good to let somebody save face sometimes, too. You don't always have to win. Sometimes you win by by giving a little I think that actually goes a long way in the long run if you've got a good relationship with somebody and it's a part where you know that you're going to do business in the future with somebody. Pick your battles. You don't have to win every single one. I think that's where people get lost too is they become this negotiating monster and they don't realize that, hey, you know, uh, the other guy likes to win and feel good sometimes too. And when people get to that point and they can feel like they won. I think that's that's a lot better is whenever when both people walk away from the table and they feel like they they both won. And I think the the other part of the negotiating that can always work out to everyone's advantage is when you're negotiating deal, ask for add-ons. Definitely when you've got you reach that first price and everybody thinks that the deal's done, that's a good time to say, "Hey, you know, I'm good with this price, but what about throwing this in or X, Y, and Z in?" You know, that's a good time to kind of use those other tactics too to get things thrown in and to to sweeten the pot. And a lot of times, you know, if you're asking for it, you may be surprised, you know, and if you don't know what you want thrown in, you know, a fair question sometimes to ask is, hey, you know, I'm I'm pretty close to the price with you. What can you throw in? You know, you'd be surprised. I've asked that question numerous times. 
you know, okay, I think I'm okay with the price, but what can you throw in? And then before you know it, you find out they have all this promotional money and different contests and stuff they can run at your business or different things that they can offer you. Or, you know, there's always um, money in the promotional pot for these big businesses. And I think that's where when you start asking those questions, you're surprised at what, what extra you can get. The solution to today's equation is be able to walk away from the deal. Use your cash flow to your advantage. Give something to get something. Negotiate low and slow and go right to the decision maker. And don't underestimate putting stock in that second offer. This has been The Business Equation. I'm Nick Bogaz. Give thanks, be humble, be grateful.